Welcome and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We are glad you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy and God bless. sinful flesh. Praise God. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set um, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Praise God. I thank God for that peace in my home, too. Because the carnal man is enmity against God, and for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. All right, let's play a prayer over the message. Father, we thank you for this beautiful, beautiful church, these beautiful people, Lord. I thank you for my wonderful pastors, Lord God, those you have set uh, over me, Lord, to help me, Lord God. And I pray over your people, Lord God, giving me such a great uh, responsibility. I am honored, Lord God, to give your word and express it with truth, Lord. And we honor you, Lord God, as master over our lives. I pray you speak to me. You speak to your people, Lord God. Use me, Lord God, like I know you will, Lord, and I yield to you. Now, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, we have a wonderful guest this morning. My lovely wife is going to help me give the word this morning. Um, and I honor her. You weren't out here when I was honoring you, but I love you so much. Thank God for you. Um, you have a lot to say, and I want to uh, give room for that. And y'all, I just need y'all to be open to what the Lord want to speak to you this morning. I believe um, that... Um, what we're about to talk about this morning and this whole series, if you haven't heard uh, the messages, go back and listen to the podcast. It's very, very, very important. Today is probably one of the most important messages you will hear in your whole entire life. <laughs> Actually, I feel like that with every message, but I believe this one is. Uh, it's the most important. I'm telling you, it's really, really, really important. Um, I grabbed these concepts and really helped me be free in my living for God. It, it became strange. Uh, free. Um, it became effortlessly to live and be um, when I recognize what we're about to express, okay? Um, so, after we become born again of our spirit, 
we start a new life with Christ. There is a joy, or supposed to be a joy, that comes in when you become born again. Amen. And um, many are not adequately prepared for the battles that you are just, you have just indirectly got into when you become born again. And you will need to begin to fight. Yes, fight, but not with your fists and not with a person. Amen. It's called the fight of faith. It's a constant one that requires more of an inward work than a physical one. Your enemy do not like the fact that you are forgiven and get to enjoy God despite your past sins. This starts within you. This battle, this starts within you. Amen. God couldn't possibly. Now, this is what a lot of times I dealt with. This was my battle when I first got saved. And when I got saved, you got to understand, when I came off the street, it was so much of my life that was wrong. Like, it's just mountains of stuff that was, that was not like God, all right? And so when I got born again, um, you find out that everything don't just change instantly, all right? So when you mess up, you felt so guilty about it. It was things that I didn't get convicted of before Christ, and then after I gave my heart to Christ, I'm getting convictions. I'm getting, man, I'm getting things that's wrong. And so what would come to me was how could God possibly love me after what I did? Many people would not give their all to the Lord because they think he haven't forgiven them of all their sins. Now, this is so true. The concept of love that the Father has lavishly poured on us is something we are all growing into. And I believe the more that we come into the perfect knowledge of who Jesus is and what Jesus did, the more of our love for God will increase and the love for his people will also. God's love for you is far beyond your understanding from a human perspective. Many times what's holding us back is not that, it's not, it's, it's not to know what Jesus has done for us. Not knowing that he's forgiven us of all our sins. In God's forgiveness is the power to overcome all your shortcomings and sins. In knowing the love of Christ is the ability to tap into all the fullness of God. In knowing the love of Christ is the horsepower to getting your faith to work. So open yourselves up to this message from God's perspective this morning. God's love, and this is what Jesus showed me. Where there is an imperfection in my life, there is a lack of knowing what Christ has done to this imperfection. So it's not to fix the imperfection. It's to know the love of Christ. It's getting to know the one who overcame this imperfection. Amen. So I'm seeking to know God. All right. Our lack of drive for God, our lack of obedience to God. It's a direct reflection of our lack of revelation of who God is and what he's done for us. Amen. I truly believe that. I truly believe the more and more you grow into the understanding of who God is and what God has done for you, it will directly correlate in your obedience, in your love for him, out of your expressing, what do you want me to do, God? That should be a natural expression to God. Why? Because of what he's done for you. Amen. If anybody ever gave their life for you and died for you and took a bullet for you, 
Amen. Even Hollywood has got this right. All right. You see one person, you see an individual who gets saved, and you saved me. And guess what they say? I owe you my life. I will do anything. Why? Because they just got their life saved, spared, rescued. Amen. Do you really believe? Now, this is what's so wonderful about God's love. It's recognizing that he really took a bullet for you. He really died for you. The lack of knowing that is why we ain't gave our all to him. Because that should be a natural response. It should be just natural to do that, right? Because he loves us so much. All right? The burden of guilt. And we know this series has been about guilt, condemnation, and shame. These are three points this morning that we will go through. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. Say cleanse. cleanse. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God has a way of cleansing the conscience of guilt. And I believe it's through the avenue of admitting to the very act of sin. Um, the family and I do this periodically, and we call it confession time. All right? We have this time where I grab, I, I tell my sister Desiree to come over. We grab the kids. We grab our kids, and we call it confession time. This confession time is when we get together in the living room, and we tell the children. Now, this is a way for us to express to them how to come clean. Have you ever, y'all know what I mean by come clean? Amen. That means things that we didn't see, they have the, they have the uh, opportunity to come out. And, and we call it confess, confession time. Now, the Lord showed me that this is a way to keep them pure. Now, because the number one sin, I believe, that the enemy want to get us to do at the beginning, the first sin, number one, every single time, I believe, this is number one, is to somehow sneak or lie. All right? Some type of dishonesty, some type of, of lying. All right? And this, a lot of times, grow. As they grow, it grows. And with it being unconfessed, with it being unadmitted to, when they never really let this stuff out. Some kids, they do it, but they never really let it out. It grows as they grow into this. And then all, all of a sudden, we see this bloom of rebellion, a bloom of, of lying and sneaking, and it grows into something great. So the Lord said that we have to keep them honest because we know Satan created lying. Yes. He's the father of it. He created it. All right? So we call it confession time. And I told them they will not get punished if they confess. Yes. There is, they will not get a whooping if they come out and tell me the truth. Now, if I have to find out about it, then that's when they're, they're punished severely. All right? Yes. And I, I mean... I have to show them that there is a price to pay when you sneak in life. The wages of sin is what? Death. death. Amen. We must teach them in the home what death looks like uh, on a small scale. <laughs> Amen. Because the larger scale is prison and all that yeah, stuff. But so we call it confession time. So we go around the room and one person, one, one person at a time get to come out and express, all right, what they've done that we haven't solved. And Jesus saw it, though. Amen. And so I remember one time, Jalen, I remember this specific time, my, my brother right here, Jalen, my sister's son. Amen. Um, we came to him 
And on his face, you can just tell. He was already telling on himself. I mean, you can see it all on his face. What, what did we see? We seen the guilt. Yeah. All right? And so Jalen has begun to let it out of his mouth. The tears begin to flow. He confessed. Yeah. And then after he confessed, we loved him yeah. by saying, we love you. Good job. Yeah. All right? Because yeah. that's the objective. All right? Good job. So, but I asked Jalen. I said, Jalen, how do you feel? He said, man, I feel amazing. And I said, amen. But the Lord taught me something. He'd been teaching me something through that. All right? And he'd been showing me that. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31, that's what the scriptures teaches us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Verse 31. And that word confess means to admit to. All right, in 1 John 1, 9. But let's move on to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31. It says, if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Yeah. I remember. See, that's what the scripture lined up that Jesus teaching us. The Bible says that he has given us a conscience. God gave us a conscience to help us to become aware of what's right and what's wrong, especially as it pertains to our choices. This puts... The judge's gavel in our own hand and gives us the ability to plead, to give us the ability to, to give us a, ourselves a guilty verdict. All right? Because God giving us a conscience is not nobody else's job to tell you when you're wrong. All right? This is so important. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. That's what your conscience is for. All right? And we do not need to act like our conscience don't exist. Our conscience is real. Amen? Amen. God given our conscience so we can say, man, I messed up. So we can judge ourselves. The Bible says the man who judges himself will not be judged. Yeah. All right? But the man who would not judge himself, act like he ain't do nothing wrong. Your conscience, ble- your conscience making you guilty. And you never really confess and come out this with God. And it's still guilty because when your conscience is pleading with you, it's saying, really, agree with me. Come out with me. Confess this. Admit to. All right? And your conscience is what gives you that ability to identify when you've done something wrong and when you've done something right. All right? So this is what cleanses our conscience. God gave us the ability to judge ourselves. To judge ourselves. Amen? And just say this to everyone. I'm wrong, and Jesus is right. Amen? So this is what helps you be free. When, when Jalen confessed his sin, and he confessed to me, it freed him. It's like a weight fell off, and we're talking about an inward work. Now, I, was, I must emphasize this inward work that you, every Christian, must be able to go through if you're going to have a relationship with God. We have to keep our conscience pure. We have to keep an admitting, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, and then also, not just I'm sorry, but teach me how not to do this again. Lord, I don't want to keep feeling like this. How many of y'all like how you feel after you mess up? No. No, I don't like that feeling, right? It feels yucky. Amen. Do not get used to that. 
Amen. Many people ignore that and they move past their conscience. They keep doing what they flesh want to do with a whole bunch of stuff unconfessed. This is what caused them to be display a life of just total, I don't care. Think about that. Why people just do, I was like, man, how can you do that in front of everybody? And I used to live like that because there was a whole bunch of stuff in my conscience that I was just rebelling and just ignoring and trying to know God. And the first time I got honest, and that's when I got born again, when I got honest about my life, that I am a sinner. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 says, in fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Even though thousands of animals were sacrificed, this only covered man's sin until the lamb's sacrifice, until the lamb's sacrifice that completed and fully satisfies God's justice. So what did God do to help us clean our conscience? First, he gave us the ability to have a conscience and to confess it. Then he gave us the blood of Jesus. Amen. The only way to really get rid of sin was through the remission of sins. In the Old Testament, it only covered that sin for a temporary period of time. Then they had to do it again. But we have got a sacrifice that's been completed. Hebrews 9 verse 14. He said, just think how much more the blood of Christ was to purify our conscience from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. Many people don't worship the living God because their conscience is bearing witness to a lot of stuff they're doing, and they still they ain't forgiven. Their conscience is not, they're not forgiven. They haven't confessed. Their conscience still bearing, bearing witness that you ain't right. All right? This is what holds us back in our worship, the living God. All right. How do you get your conscience clean? We admit, we confess, we let the blood of Jesus cleanses us, right? All right, so, so Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we may worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offers himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Amen? Amen. Guilt versus shame. Now let's get into guilt and shame. We just talked about guilt. Let's talk about shame. Guilt is an awareness of a failure against a standard. Shame is a sense of failure before the eyes of someone. All right, let's catch that. In other words, guilt is about disobedience to a law or a code. Amen. Something you know you did wrong and you did it anyway. That's guilt. But shame is how I perceive others see me or how I see myself. Guilt is about Something you did. Shame attacks your identity. That's why we have to deal with it. Shame, guilt, condemnation, and shame. Shame, we have to deal with it. Because shame attacks your identity. It attacks who you are. All right? This is why shame is one of the most powerful enemies to the body of Christ. It assaults. <clears throat> its assaults it slowly tears down your character and make you feel less than who God says you are. Shame is good, can be good in the sense that it tells you where you're at in your maturity level. Sometimes this is very embarrassing. Inwardly, because if ever someone finds out, you will, it will ruin your reputation. Now, 
Shame helps us identify pride within ourselves. Many Christians want others to think themselves as this perfect, mature, super spiritual. I call it super spiritual. Many Christians, they want people to think they are super spiritual. I don't know what that is, but it is true. All right? It is true. This is a great problem because we should only be concerned how God sees us. Amen. They didn't die for us. Come on now. Amen. Jesus did. <laughs> so shame takes the shape. <clears throat> shame attacks your esteem. Yes. All right? I believe there are many more people suffering from shame than guilt. I truly believe this. Now, to reemphasize, Jesus taught me when you mess up, when you sin, there's no reason to be ashamed about it. Why? Because this is where you at. When I was teaching my son how to walk, I had to let him go at some point, right? And let him take his own steps. And then I also had to watch him fall. Right? I had to watch him fall. Then I helped him get back up, right? I helped him get back up. When you fall, that's where you at. That's where your maturity level is at. Shame help identify that. All right? But we don't need to take shame to the ditch where uh, we just stay down on the ground in shame. Because shame will beat you up to the point where it says this failure is who you are. And it ain't. Shame will tell you this is who you are. You know you ain't going to never change. You know God ain't going to forgive you to this one, not this one. You ain't going to never change. So it attacks your identity to get you to just give up and say, this is who I am. And that's not who you are. My son had to get up. He had to get up. Why? Because everybody else walking around. And it's not right for a 10-year-old still crawling on the floor, right? I ain't going to be carrying him. He's going to have to learn how to walk, right? Amen. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. You're going to have to learn how to walk. Yes. And you're going to have to get back up. Yes. And don't let shame beat you down telling you that this failure is who you are. Get up. Yes. Amen. Let's do this again. Why? Until you get it. Yes. Not settling and just saying, oh, this is just, no, 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 no. Ain't no settling. Nope. I wouldn't be here if I settled. You'll see me up here with a cigarette in my mouth if I settle. You wouldn't see me who I am today. You wouldn't even recognize Pastor Jasper. I wouldn't be here if I settle. And you can't settle. That's why we must attack guilt, condemnation, and shame. All right? And so my lovely wife is talking about condemnation. I'm so sorry. Guilt and shame sets in. Something called condemnation comes. Amen. If you don't deal with the guilt, if you don't deal with the shame, you begin to condemn yourself. Mm. And you condemn yourself by blaming yourself and you kind of punish yourself after you mess up. Like after you sin, you don't deal with it. You just stay in that perpetual cycle. So you just blame yourself, you punish yourself. Mm. It starts in your head. It's your thought life. And if you don't deal with it, it gets in your heart. And then once it gets in your heart, it comes out your mouth. Mm. 
And when it comes out your mouth, it sounds like this. I just keep messing up. I can't stop this. I can't come out of this. I deserve this. It is my fault. I have to stay like this because this is who I am. I guess I'll never change. I guess things will never be different. I can't do this kind of Christian life. I can't even do what Jesus is telling me because I'm not right. I'm not living right. I don't want to be like this, but I just can't help it. That is when you didn't deal with your guilt, shame, and now you're condemned. Amen. You're staying in this cycle about something that Jesus done already justified. He done already became condemned for you. And you're staying in something that Jesus done already paid the price for, and you don't have to stay there because he done already justifies you. It talks about that in Romans um, the eighth verse in chapter eight, around the thirtieth verse. Moreover, when he predestined these, he also called whom he called. He also justified whom he justified. These he also glorified. So he justified you. That means he already approved you. He already took the punishment for you. And you don't have to stay there. None of this stuff that comes out of your mouth is Jesus. Jesus doesn't even sound like that. Some people get condemnation and conviction mixed up. It's a difference. It's a big difference. The Holy Spirit convicts us. And uh, it says in um, John 16 around the 11th verse, that the Holy Spirit comes and convicts the world. He comes and convicts us. And conviction means he convinces you of the truth. That's what conviction is. He's coming to convince you that this is the truth and what you're doing is not the truth. He exposes darkness so that you can walk in the light. That's what conviction is. He's not bombarding your mind with how bad you are or how messed up you are. He's just shining light on your darkness and getting truth to you. He said, don't do that. That's not right. Go this way. Don't go left. That's him exposing that you're getting ready to enter into darkness. He don't want you to enter in darkness. He's just giving you the truth so that you can repent, and then he leaves you alone. It's your choice to repent. This is where condemnation comes when he done exposed the truth and exposed darkness, and you choose to not repent. You choose to stay there. If you don't repent, that's where you become condemned because you are living in the flesh. Romans 8 and 1 says, There is therefore now no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So if you find yourself in the flesh, you need to repent and ask the Lord, how can you change me, Lord, so I do not do this again? Repenting is not just, Lord, I'm sorry, 
but change me so I don't keep rep reproducing this. Change me so I don't continue in this darkness. Change me, Lord, so I don't continue to produce this behavior or this action. That is true repentance, not just I'm sorry I messed up. If you stay at sorry I messed up, then you just going to keep going through that cycle. And that's what why a lot of people get condemned because they do the same thing over and over and over and over. They never break the cycle because they didn't ask the Lord how to change them, good, how to stop doing this. They just said, Lord, I'm sorry. Well, he has the answer to help you not to keep reproducing whatever you're reproducing. He don't want you to be condemned. Jesus already knows and sees what's in your heart. He already knows. First John 3 and 20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. God does not want us to stay condemned because being condemned demolishes confidence. When you are condemned, you do not have no confidence at all. You don't have no confidence towards God. You don't have any confidence that he hears you. You don't have confidence that he'll answer your prayer. You don't even have confidence that he could take this sin away or that he could change you or he could bring you out of this. This is why he does not want you to stay condemned, especially since he done already paid the price for it. He don't want you to stay condemned because he knows that if you stay in this state, you have no confidence. And when you have no confidence, you, how are you going to come out of this? So we can come bold. He just wants us to be confident so we could come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in times of need. You're not going to come boldly to the throne when you don't have confidence. That's right. He, that's why it's so important for you to get that guilt taken care of right away. Get that shame taken care of right away. Because right. it doesn't matter what nobody else thinks. Right. Because the Lord already sees your heart. And who cares what anybody else thinks? Because the Lord is in love with you. Stop putting on a show for people so that you can look innocent or look guilt-free. He wants to deal with your heart. He sees the issues that are in your heart. And um, when you are confident and you come boldly to the throne of grace where you will attain mercy, you can ask what you what you will. You can ask and believe you receive from him. I mean, some of you, um, you're like, Lord, why, why I keep going through this? And why I can't get through this? And I'm going through this cycle of woe is me. And I'm stuck. And, and it don't seem like anything I pray get answered. You're condemned. You need confidence in who he done made you be. You need confidence so that when you ask him, he will answer you. If you're going to the Lord, please help me. I don't know what to do. And you do not, 
sure if he's going to help you because yeah. you're so messed up. You think you're so messed up, but he will help you. That's right. And I believe on today that many of you, many of you need to just start over and find out what Jesus has really done for you, which is he did the time, he paid your fine, and you have been acquitted, and you have been justified, and you have been made right with him, and you are his righteousness, and you need to know that you are his righteousness. He has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. And that has to be reprogrammed in your mind. That's right. You got to put it in your mind. And I'm telling you, when you don't repent instantly, this is how you go through this cycle. It is better to repent and be done with it so that you can move forward in God. Repent and tell the Lord you're sorry and change me, Lord. Hitler's everybody's right yeah. he died for the world right yeah. so 
Jesus already paid for because that's what made God is a just God. He just can't let you get away. Somebody got to pay for sin, right? Yeah. He just ain't going to let everybody get away. That's not forgiveness. That's not the love of God. He just don't let people get away. Somebody got to pay. Somebody got to do this time. Somebody got to pay for this crime that's been committed. He's a just God. If he didn't do that, if he, didn't, if he wasn't just, then he wouldn't be a good God. Just like a judge who don't sentence someone who actually did the time, did the crime, he don't sentence them. He just let them go. That's not a good judge, right? right. Especially when the crime was committed to you, right? right? It's not a good judge. So Jesus already paid for all your sins. Yes. So the shame, let's get this clear. The shame Jesus bore that you felt, that you feel after you sinned, that's a punishment for a sin. That's a form of punishment for a sin. Now, you don't have to do that time for that punishment. Why? Jesus already was shame free. Yes. Listen, he died a sinner's death, right? Yes. He looked guilty as sin, right? Okay. He looked guilty as sin. When Jesus was on that cross, it looked like somebody who, was, who did a bunch of crimes died, right? So, but he didn't do that. He didn't, never did anything wrong. All right? We talked about this last week. Yes. Jesus became sin for you yes. so that you can become who? The righteousness of God in Christ. All right? You are no longer this full of sin. Jesus already paid the time. He did the time for your shame that you're feeling. You have no right to pay for that shame. Yes. Why? When it's been forgiven. The enemy wanna he wanna produce double jeopardy, triple jeopardy if he need to. Yeah. Oh yeah. He want to take one sin and he wanna reproduce that over and over again, or make you do the time when Jesus already done it for you. Yeah. So many of us are experiencing the consequence of sin when Jesus already experienced that time. He already paid that time. And some of us, and that's what condemnation takes place. You feel like you just have to take this. This is just what happened, and you settle in the. You settle in the fact that you did do this, but that's pride when you can't receive what Jesus done for you. It's pride because now you have you ever have you ever ran to somebody and they was in need. Now, you know, maybe it was just me they didn't like. OK, but they was in need. Yes. They needed some food and I offered them food. They Oh, no, I'm OK. Yes. <laughs> what is that? That's called come here. That's pride. Amen. Yes. Whenever you feel like you got to pay for your own sin, you don't need the blood of Jesus, you don't need Jesus, that's pride. Yes, that's a sin. This is the sin that's reproducing. And we're not talking about smoking, we're not talking about drinking, we're not talking about prostitution. We're talking about this type of stuff that works on the inside of people that hinders their walk in the Lord. Yes. It hinders their walk. When Jesus already paid for the, the fine. The, the, the crime that you committed. You cannot be, even in law has figured this out. Yes. You cannot be charged for the same crime twice. Okay. Twice. And the enemy wants, he wants you to pay for a crime that's already been paid for. Yes. It's already been paid. Just receiving this truth, settle in the fact that this is the reality of the gospel. The gospel is so good that it almost makes you think like you can do what you want to. Yes. 
And God has, and, and Paul had to say many times, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. If we ain't teaching it this, this clear, where you, the flesh can say, you mean I can just do whatever? No, oh, no, no. But that's the truth of the gospel. That's what it. That's what it's produced. You gotta tell people, no, you ain't supposed to be sinning. No. But it, the reality is, it's that good. Yes. When it's been received accurately, accurately. When it's re received accurately, in your conscience, from a spiritual perspective, from a God point perspective, you'll realize how great God is. And we ain't even got into the wrath of God and hell. All that's God's love. Yes. It's so vast because. Once you realize this, you say, hey, why would I? Why, well, this is my concept. This is my concept. Once I explode it in my consciousness, why would not? Why would I leave this? Yes. You know, why would I leave this and go back to struggle, depression, anxiety, worry, thinking God might strike me down anytime, thinking any if I get in an accident, God, you know, I'm I'm reaping what I've sown. You know, we, we live in this condemned state where we think God is mad at us. Yes. When he already took all his anger and wrath off on Jesus on the cross. Yes. He exhausted all his wrath on the cross. And if you don't accept that wrath that's been exhausted on the cross, then it's got to get, somebody got to pay for sin. Yes. Amen. That's why it don't make sense to pass up this opportunity when you can hear. When you can hear, you have the opportunity to hear what I'm expressing this morning. Some people don't. Yes, thank you. And in closing, we are at that time here. This is that time, man, where uh, we get to express to God and confess some things that we've been keeping secret. And we've just been holding. But our conscience still convicts us. Our conscience still bearing witness that we've done it. We done, you know you done, you know you done it. And part of the reason it does that is because we really ain't let it out. Some things been convicting your conscience for 10 years. I'm hearing that right now in the spirit. Some of y'all did something 10 years ago and still come back and make you guilty. Make you feel all that shame. Man, you look at me. And the reality is you don't have to feel that. The reality is the blood of Jesus can cleanse you from all unrighteousness if we let this out, if we confess our sins. And it's not just, I want to know all your sins. I don't want to know your sins. But God wants you to, what, what, guess what we're forcing you to do? Get honest. This is forcing you and posturing your heart to live in an honest state towards me. Because the spirit of truth only deals with honest people. produced up until this point sin against God I need a savior who can save me from all this stuff that I've done if we would be honest and let
let our conscience. If we'll be honest and we go by the tool that God put in every human, what is it saying? What is Jesus saying to you? What is he telling you to confess? I'm telling you, it's freedom. It's like taking a boat off your shoulders. What is he telling you to admit to? Sometimes you might have to admit to somebody. What is he communicating to you? He's your God. That's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church Audio Podcast. If you have been encouraged and empowered by today's message, please visit us on our website at r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.